When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We are in the mood for fantasy football. We are Pro Football Network. I'm your host, as always, BJ Rudell. With me, as always, is Tommy Garrett. You can reach me on Twitter at BJ Rudell. Tommy Garrett PFN is what Tommy's Twitter is. And uh, you can find us at profootballnetwork.com on the fantasy site. We're going to talk to you today about a waiver wire report. A lot of us, including me and Tommy, have to think about who we're picking up off waivers tomorrow, Wednesday, and actually the rest of the week. Because sometimes people will drop somebody on Wednesday and they become an amazing waiver wire pickup on Thursday. Tommy knows what I'm talking about. So uh, start things off, Tommy. Quarterback. Uh, who is the and, – and we talked about this earlier today on Twitter Spaces – uh, who is the one quarterback you would pick up, even if you had, you know, let's say you have Lamar Jackson or you got someone who you're just good with, Kyler Murray, whoever, Josh Allen, who's the guy you pick up just to make sure somebody else doesn't get him? I think the first one I'd be looking at is going to be Taysom Hill. Uh, we're still waiting on him to come back from concussion, although whether he has been progressing uh, since the one that he, he suffered, I believe it was in week five. Um, Sean Payton did come out and say that he has been progressing well, and he was expected to come back at some point this week. Uh, with the New Orleans Saints now missing a starting quarterback due to the torn ACL with MCL damage uh, to Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill would step in directly as the starting quarterback for the Saints, and we know this offense can be with him. Uh, we've seen him be a QB1 and like four straight games last year in the same offense. Granted, they don't have the receiving weapons, but they didn't necessarily have them last year either. Um, there is the hope that potentially Michael Thomas could come back and be a and bolster this offense, although we'll have to see what happens between, with him, uh, both from a physical standpoint and also the mental aspect, because I mean, we, we all kind of saw him uh, retweet, uh, kind of reach out or you know retweet Calvin Ridley's message stating that you know he's dealing with his own things on the side. So once he comes back, if he does come back, then he would uh, help this offense. But we all kind of expected potentially the Saints to be in the running for a, another receiver, potentially on uh, – today being the NFL trade deadline. And wow, this has been quiet um, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, pull back the curtains a little bit. It's about three o'clock on the East coast, about quarter after three on the East coast right now when we're recording this. And there's been pretty much nothing that has happened. Uh, it's uh, nothing like the NBA trade deadline. That's for sure. Uh, but it looks like the saints are happy with what they have for now, unless there is a, a late breaking move or they do something, um, do something else. But as of right now, the role they have and with Taysom Hill and given that the skill set he has as a rusher, I think it'll be okay. Um, we know what he can do. He could be a QB one, a low in QB one, high in QB two moving forward. Somebody you can kind of maneuver throughout bye weeks. If you do have a quarterback still with one to come, uh, some of the quarterbacks you've already mentioned, you know, they've already, they're past theirs and more than likely you're never going to start Taysom Hill over top of them. But if you've got someone coming up, you know, later on in the season, yeah, I think it'd be a great bye week fill in. Or if you're just already streaming the position, then he could be a guy who could be a weekly starter for you. 
And uh, we already know that uh, Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill, they're on one-year contracts for you dynasty leaguers out there. Mm-hmm. It's quite possible that the Saints will have a brand new quarterback next year. So you got to think about, I mean, Hill could be the guy. This could be the the uh, testing ground for him to see if he's the front runner to win the job in 2022. Um, but there are some reports that suggest that, you know, Winston uh, might not make it to the Saints next year. And and the fact that he's only been lukewarm this year and has ended the season, season with an injury, we'll never really know what Winston could do with a full season if he could lead this team to the playoffs. He doesn't get the benefit of that. Uh, quick question, if you have Jameis Winston right now, just a quick dynasty question. Uh, is he a hold? Could he end up on another team, do you think, next year and start? Or do you think his days as a starter are pretty much over for now? Uh, he might be able to come back somewhere, but it's given the timing of the injury, it's he wouldn't be a starter until, you know, I mean, midway through the season next year. Um, kind of looking like what happened with Joe Burrow. If he takes that same progression as Joe Burrow, they, he might be back starting somewhere, but the Bengals are already bought in and invested in Joe Burrow as their quarterback of the future, where Jameis Winston is kind of a man without a house at this point. Um, so I don't know where he'll end up. There's several, there's going to be several teams with quarterback questions. This is not a great draft class for, there's no Joe Burrow. There's no Trevor Lawrence in this draft club. There's some solid ones. Don't get me wrong. Um, but Jameis Winston, I'm sure he'll land somewhere. He might be in a position where he can compete for a starting team, but as of right now, it's hard to see him being a starting quarterback moving forward, barring an injury to maybe someone else, or if he just maybe potentially wins out a quarterback competition, but given what we see on the field, it's not likely he has the upside that a team would be highly coveting going into a season. One more QB question, Mike White. It's always tempting to chase points, even though yep. our better instincts usually tell us not to. It's hard to argue with what White did, although going against mm-hmm. the Bengals' defense wasn't the best test. Yeah. On Thursday, they're going into Indianapolis. Do you think there's any reason for somebody, let's say in a 14-team league, if they don't have a top 14 quarterback, do they pick up white? And do they say, you know what? I'm going to go for 15 points here and I, maybe I'll get lucky. I mean, you can shoot for the 15 points, but you have just good a chance of getting seven, uh, which is pretty much what the jets were already giving you the quarterback position. Um, I, I wouldn't be a guy I would go after. I would look more towards like the, I would take a shot. Like maybe Justin Fields, maybe he, he potentially turned the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, if Tua is still sitting out there, Tua would be a guy that I would go after well before someone like Mike White. Um, going on, you can go down the list for a lot of guys before I would say, okay, yeah, I would take Mike White over top of them. Uh, it's you're chasing at that point, and it's not a great offense. It was a perfect scenario. I would love to see him come out and do it again. Trust me, I would love to see what he could do if he could pull back and back to back. Because I think it'd be a great storyline for a guy who's you know friends and family have all said, you know what, hey, he's got talent. He's finally you know proving them right so i would hope he could do it again it'd be awesome i'm not betting on it though with my fantasy team what about running back uh jared patterson is he somebody who uh you would trust to pick up and maybe start later this season potentially later on in the season um it's going to be a very messy backfield potentially um because you've still got jd mckissick back there you still have antonio gibson while he is banged up the longer he goes into the season with them managing his reps, the healthier he is going to get as the season goes. Um, Patterson did get some decent work in this one. He had 11 rushes for a 46-yard, did score a touchdown as well. Um, if he's going to get production like that, then yeah, absolutely. Uh, I just don't like the schedule coming up. He's got a bye week for one this week, and then he's got matchups against Tampa Bay and Carolina. Uh, it's two teams I'm not starting him against. Uh, ends up with Seattle, gets Vegas, and then Dallas later on. So it's 
it's I feel we're not going to have some very positive weeks for him coming up pretty soon, and he'll probably still be on the waiver wire if you want to grab him later on, uh, based off of getting any more news on Antonio Gibson, or if he suffers another setback, who knows what could happen. I would grab him then, but right now it's, it's kind of hard to trust what's going on in Washington. Those are good points, Tommy, and uh, I found it interesting. I looked this up on uh, um, college uh, sports uh, statistics uh, website. I didn't realize this, that Patterson had zero receptions his final year at college. Um, this is not, a I don't think anyone do noticed it because all we saw was his, him scoring touchdowns at Buffalo. I mean, he almost set the NCAA <laughs> record. So at that point, that's pretty much all we cared about. Can the guy that's find the end zone? Yeah, that's all you need. But on a team with, with, uh, JD McKissick, uh, mm-hmm. it's relevant because this is a guy Patterson who might not be expected to catch many balls. If any, I think he's got yeah. two in the NFL so far. So he's going to be your typical two down back. He's going to be a 15 year younger version of Adrian Peterson. Um, hopefully with that efficiency, but you know, we can aim high, but the point is this is not someone that you can bank on being a true bell cow, especially with yeah. Kissick in the fold. So how about Tennessee's backfield? we got Adrian Peterson. we got Dante Foreman, formerly mm-hmm. of Houston uh, coming into the practice squad. And then uh, we got Jeremy McNichols who uh, flashed, one game, uh, yeah. but doesn't seem to have bell cow material. Is there anyone there who you would pick up if you if your best running back right now uh, is uh, Devin Singletary? Do you go ahead and pick up one of these guys? I would pick up. I would take a shot on Peterson um, for the pure workload. We know what this offense wants to do, and they want to try to control the tempo. Um, I would try to take. I would probably take a shot on Peterson, um, assuming his body can handle the workload. He's been able to be a freak athlete throughout his entire career and has been able to to handle sustained workloads. Even at his, the age that he is now, he should have fresh legs, that's for sure. Um, so I think he would be the one I would take a shot on um, just based off the, this scheme. Uh, McNichols, I think he's going to be your passing down back. Uh, like I said, he did have that one good game against the Jets, uh, but that was because I mean, he saw, like what was it, like uh, 12 targets right. in that game. Uh, outside of that, he's seen, I think, uh, three I think he had three last week. So it's not one he's not getting consistent production, even with Darrington Nevins on the shelf after putting him on the IR. Um, like I said, I'll take a shot on Peterson. Uh, you just know that the upside is nowhere near what it used to be on this offense. He could be like a, a running back three, maybe like a flex play. Um, but and you're just kind of hoping for the touchdown upside because you're not probably not going to get too much else in terms of of passing down work or um, you know big explosive plays. Uh, I want to tell you about today's sponsor of In the Mood podcast, and that's X Chair. Uh, you might notice that I have a pretty serene demeanor uh, when I sit down in this chair. That's what I get. When I get up, I'm more annoyed because I'm not as comfortable. This is a very comfortable chair. Tommy knows what I'm talking about. And so uh, if everyone could have an X chair, we would be a little bit more relaxed and we could focus on the things we're doing a lot better. So I'm a big fan of X chair. If you want to be a big fan of X chair, go to xchairpfn.com now. That's the letter X, chair, pfn.com. Or call one 844 x chair for $100 off your order. Thank you, X-Chair. X-Chair has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort, by the way, Tommy. And you can finance your purchase for as little as $30 a month. XChairPFN.com, wide receivers to pick up off waivers. I've got a bunch in my head. Go for it. It doesn't matter right now. I care about your head. What are you thinking about right now? If you need a receiver, like I do, and you're stuck putting them in your flex spot, it's like, but I don't want to put, AJ Green, my flex spot. Who's out there? 
I mean, he's not a bad play. AJ Green's <laughs> a pretty solid, honestly, this year. <laughs> Great. Um, hey, hey, it's been better than he was last year with the Bengals. That was the quietest 100-target season I've ever seen in my life. Um, <laughs> one guy for me, and it's, it's kind of weird to say this game, but look, take a look at Devontae Parker. Uh, the guy's been getting heavily targeted the, targeted the season. Uh, he's never seen fewer than uh, seven targets in the game. Last week had eight receptions on 11 targets for 85 yards. Tua is playing good football. Uh, plain and simple. Uh, the Dolphins decided, hey, we're not going to pursue anyone else uh, with at the trade deadline, and he's going to be their quarterback moving forward. And right now, Devontae Parker, like, granted, we've always kind of said he kind of needs his touchdowns to put up high numbers, uh, but the volume he's seeing is it's fantastic. Uh, this week, they get the Houston Texans. That is a franchise in complete disarray, and they give up a ton of points to receivers. Uh, so, yeah, I would take a look at Devontae Parker, honestly, this week. Another one for me was uh, Cole Beasley. I kind of got a little bit of pushback because uh, some people were surprised. Like, why are we talking about a guy that's, you know, heavily rostered in a lot of formats? Surprisingly, he's not. He goes under the radar, and I'm not entirely sure why. Is he still out there? He's only rostered in like 60% of formats, which to wow. me is kind of surprising. Back-to-back 100 target seasons. Uh, over the past two games, 198 yards on uh, and 17 receptions on 22 targets. Uh, High-flying Buffalo Bills offense. He's the number two on that team. Um, over the past three weeks, wide receiver 16, but wide receiver nine in fantasy points per game because they've had a bye week over that time frame. So one for me is Cole Beasley. He's got to be out there. Uh, if you if he's out there, you've got to go out and get him. So let's say you have 60 bucks left, or if you're like me, $52 left in fab. And because mm-hmm. uh, as some of you probably can understand, uh, I, I uh, am helped by Tommy each week. So I try to give him all the specifics about my team so he can help me with my roster. $52 left in fab out of a $100 budget. We're now heading into week nine. I can't keep that money forever. Yep. How much of it would you spend on Beasley if I'm starting, let's say instead of AJ Green, I'm starting half of AJ Green. Um, if you're starting I'm, half of AJ Green, I'm throwing like 12 bucks. So I got on Cole okay. Beasley. Okay. Um, I, I would spend a decent amount. At that point, it's like what twenty percent of your fab, roughly. Yeah. Um, roughly. I just want to make sure I get. I'm, I want to make sure I get him. Um, even when they get Dawson Knox back on this team, like he's going to continue to be a productive player. He's seen seven or more targets in over fifty percent of his games so far this season. It was the third time he had seen thirteen targets. Um, he's sitting tied with, um, I want to say like Amari Cooper, um, and DK Metcalf, for in targets on this season, like right around number twenty-seven. Uh, for wide receiver position. Um, he's seen as many red zone targets as Debo Samuel um, and Darren Waller. I mean, he fits every single metric you're looking for. He's just not a flashy player. Um, so it's one of those guys that goes under the radar. I'm not entirely sure why, uh, but he's a guy I'm going for. I mean, do you have any other options out there too, outside of those two guys? Yeah, I I, uh, I haven't done that much digging, to be honest. I've, I've done more prep for the show uh, than I have for my own fantasy team. But I will say this. If I can toot my own horn for a second, Tommy, I think I will. I, I actually pushed Beasley uh, on the website a week or two ago because mm-hmm. everything lined up perfectly from last season except the yeah. touchdowns. So if the only issue is touchdowns, you have to assume that the law of averages eventually, you know, they'll get those. It's it's the issue is, are they getting, and Tommy and I are on the same page on this. Are you getting targets? Are you converting those into yards? Mm-hmm. If you can do those two things, the touchdowns will come. So don't just look at fantasy points and see, well, Beasley's the 60th best receiver. Look at, you know, he's 30th in targets or 28th in yards, and then trust that everything else will start to catch up. Yep. Um, Odell Beckham Jr., last uh, receiver, there's been some free Odell kind of uh, things. Not that people are not giving away. Year. 
for it, it does. It seems to happen louder and louder every year as he becomes a smaller and smaller part of the fantasy world. Um, there is still this extraordinarily talented receiver mm -hmm. inside of him. Yes. And so the thing that I can't wrap my head around is that 19% of leagues right now, for example, ESPN leagues, uh, he's on waivers. And so very candidly, uh, how much would you spend? Same thing, 52 bucks. Is Beckham a stash just in case he, he catches fire and the Browns realize they need someone besides Jarvis Landry to catch the ball? Or is Beckham a fool's gold at this point where it's just he is what he's going to be. He's going to be 30, 40 yards a game, and that's what you can expect till next year. I mean, I would like to think the Cleveland Browns are already smart enough to know they need Odo Beckham Jr. involved in their offense. I, mean, I don't feel like we need to be sitting here telling them that. Like, they know what they have in them. There's a reason they're not trading him away. They know how good he can be. Now, granted, the Odo Beckham Jr. we saw in his first three years in the NFL when he was with the Giants, that's never coming back. We know that, and that's a lot of his hype and value is still based off what we saw quite a few years ago, if we're being honest. It's not like we're looking at a guy who went off last season. Um, so, I mean, if, if he's out there, I'm taking a shot on him. I'll stash him, but he's not someone you can start. I mean, it's kind of like we talked about earlier on the Twitter space about Allen Robinson, another guy who's getting dropped right now. And I get it. Look, if you're a frustrated fantasy manager, Allen Robinson's been brutal. So is his entire Bears offense. Um, but like I said, once again, we know what he can bring, and he's done it with awful quarterbacks throughout his career. Um, we thought Justin Fields was going to be the best quarterback he's had. I think he's getting hampered by Matt Nagy in this offense more than anything than Justin Fields going through a maturation process of learning how to play in the NFL and also, you know, kind of beat the narrative of Ohio State quarterbacks kind of struggling in the NFL. And that's a whole nother tangent we can go on. Um, but I mean, I like. I like both those guys. If they're out there, I'm taking a shot on them. It's the same thing. I mean, like Rashad Bateman, you take a shot on him. You know, Michael Gallup, hoping that, Absolutely. you know, when he comes back and assuming that uh, Cedric Wilson or Michael Gallup still are both on the team in the next, you know, 20 some odd minutes. Uh, you take a shot on those guys. I mean, what do you do with someone like Brandon uh, with Brandon Ayuk, who came out here and just put up one of his best seasons of the of the uh, best games of the season? Do yeah. we start now believing, hey, maybe he's getting out of the doghouse? I mean, it's there's Absolutely. a lot of question marks still going into it, but I mean, it's there's plenty of options like wide receiver is as deep as it gets. So it's finding guys to fit the way you want to build your team, whether it's base level production or you start looking for high level guys who are boomer buzz. And it's how many of those can you afford to stack on your team, giving the roster cap that you have, like you only have so many bench spots you can put these guys on. That's right. And I find the later in the season we get, the harder it is to pry a great player from an opposing yes. team. Yeah. Early on, there's all this, uh, you know, differences in what people view as potential. And then the potential starts to solidify around stats. And then, you know, talking to someone about trading, you know, Devontae Adams in week two after one bad game, maybe you can have a dialogue. But by week nine or 10, everyone knows Devontae Adams, you know, the season's going to be the season. He's going to be fine as long as he's on the field. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's not a good example because he is elite. But, you know, given the example I mentioned before of trading Michael Thomas and Kadarius Tony for, um, Antonio Brown, and I think it was Latavius Murray. And even though Brown's been out, you know, I got two 30-point games out of Antonio Brown. Um, yeah. And so, you know, Antonio Brown's value before he got hurt was suddenly solidified around being a top 20 receiver. Yeah. Um, when I traded for him, he was a top 40 receiver. So uh, it's, it is fascinating to see these kinds of, you know, this hardening of views of positions and I mean, that, once Antonio Brown's back, you're going to get that kind of production again with how good yeah. this offense is. It's assuming that he doesn't get into 
a stupid accident because you see Antonio Brown right now in a bike. walking boot riding a bike. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, like, that's, just it's. But in, oh, in, in fairness, I, I'm a big fan of NFL players getting exercise. So it's. Uh, I don't think they lack in getting exercise. They seem to be pretty fit. Well, when he's done riding a bike, he can sit in an X chair and uh, take a load off. Um, uh, the, uh, by the way, my receivers are CD lamb, Antonio Brown and Keenan Allen. And so if I had, uh, let's say two half AJ greens in my number two and receiver and flex spot, um, I, I would want to go out and try to acquire Brandon Ayuk. I, I think it would be a great pickup right now. Um, to uh, his potential is probably top 30 receiver if things break, right. And if you can get him on the cheap, pick him up off waivers, I think he's he's a smart move. I don't see um, uh, the 49ers are pretty two-dimensional right now. I mean, they've got Debo Samuel and they've got Eli Mitchell. There's not much else going on in that offense. And well, I think they're getting back certain, George Kittle. Yeah, they're getting back George Kittle. What what kind of George Kittle are they getting back? Are they getting back, mm-hmm. you know, an elite tight end or are they getting back a, you know, top eight to 12 tight end? And, you know, Kittle, not long ago, Kittle was one of those guys who could get 10 catches in a game and be your number two or number one. I don't know. I don't know if the, if, if the same Kittle is there. But uh, I do like Ayuk very much, uh, just for what it's worth between us and everyone who's listening. Uh, tight ends. We've talked a lot about Pat Fryermuth. We don't have yep. to talk about him more. We're in agreement. Tommy and I have been in agreement since last week, uh, at least when it comes to Fryermuth. Most things... Not so much, but we don't tend to dwell on our differences. Um, what other tight ends uh, do you like, Tommy? Is there, you know, could, uh, uh, for example, uh, Tyler Conklin in Minnesota, is he reasonably someone that we can count on? And I'll throw out another name for you because you mentioned him earlier on the Twitter spaces, Logan Thomas. Yep. Is this a case where uh, people, if for some reason somebody had to drop Logan Thomas, it's a league where you got four bench spots and no IR and you can't afford to keep him. Do you rush out and say, I, I got my TE1 now. I've got Logan Thomas. I would take a shot on both of them. Uh, the thing with Conklin is we go back to the offseason when Kyle Rudolph left the team um, and they asked the head coach, you know, who, how excited are you about this uh, for Irv Smith Jr. and what he could do? And he actually quickly redirected the question. goes, I think it's a bigger role for Tyler Conklin. Hmm. Uh, we go back to when Irv Smith Jr. was kind of doing his breakout toward the end of last season. Conklin put up comparable stats. Like they were nearly identical throughout that stretch and he's been solid throughout the season comes off a pretty decent game last week uh 57 yards on five receptions uh saw seven targets Uh, he's seeing decent volume on this team uh despite this being an offense that has you know justin jefferson um adam thielen kj osborne's been playing well so i mean they have other options but they're still wanting to focus on the tight end it's how this offense is built i mean they were one of the number one teams and running 12 personnel so you don't all of a sudden just get away from that despite losing uh some key options so i mean conklin has some some decent upside takes on the baltimore ravens who actually have been kind of gettable in terms of fantasy production for tight end so he could be a guy you could take a take a take a look at um if you have the space to hold on to a guy for when he comes back, then Logan Thomas would be an easy one. Um, when he's been on the field, I mean, he's been a top six option in fantasy rankings pretty much every week uh, that he was out there. Saw some decent numbers in the beginning of the season. We haven't seen much of him, though, with uh, Tyler Heineke. Uh, but at the same time, it's 
who else do they have on this team in terms of passing options? There's a reason that Ricky Seals Jones has been getting what he has been getting over these past few weeks. And you would think when that goes to Logan Thomas, who we believe to be a, a better talent overall, um, then I think that would just kind of elevate his play and he would be a, a weekly starter uh, for me in fantasy. So I mean, that'd be a, that's an easy one for me if he's out there. So like you said, someone possibly dropped him on a bike. Like I said, it's, it's not just who is out there right now, but it's who gets dropped to make these other claims. If someone's been in having injury issues or already had to go through some bye weeks, they dropped Logan Thomas because he's been on IR, kind of gets forgotten about. Then if he's out there, yeah, I'd absolutely take a shot and, st- and uh, stash him on my roster. One more. To, those are great points. Uh, I love it. Uh, and one more to think about is the Colts against the Jets, like we talked about Thursday. Mo yep. Alley Cox, four touchdowns in five games. Um, the Jets are not a walkover defense as much as uh, we like to think yeah. about the Jets the last few years as being walkovers. The the defense is not, uh, even though they've they've been dealt some bad injuries on the defensive side. Um, they they've been more impressive than I think they the credit that they get. That said, they're facing the Colts, and, yep. and realistically, this is going to be a you know with T. Y. Hilton out, this is going to be a, another big Michael Pittman day, another mm-hmm. big Jonathan Taylor day, and then the question becomes: Is it Zach Pascal? Could it be Mo Ali Cox? Um, and so we saw Pittman at least one of the times. Correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe both. Uh, uh, Wentz target him in the end zone um, from close mm-hmm. up, I think within about 10 yards or something like that, that that's often Mo Alley Cox territory. Um, yeah. So I, I think if you're really desperate for a tight end this week and you think about points scored and you think about how, you know, a dearth of talent on a team, in this case, the Colts missing Hilton, they need that number three, number four guy. It could be Mo Alley Cox sneaking in for a cheap touchdown. Any, yeah. I mean, I like Wally Cox. He's he's a talented player on this offense. Um, the thing that's interesting, over the last four weeks, no team has given up more points to the tight end than the New York Jets. Uh, wow. Part of that was due to Mark Andrews having a blow-up game. Uh, that's absolutely worth noting. Mm. Uh, but they still give up a lot of production to the to the position. Um, the Colts like using both him and Jack Doyle. It was kind of disappointing. He didn't get anything done last week uh, yeah. coming after a couple productive games. But, I mean, I would see a bounce back from Wally Cox. Like, we know what he brings that – the tight end position, like the NFL loves got tight ends that have played basketball. If you fit those two pri- uh, parameters, you're going to be a starter in the NFL. And uh, we know what he did when he was at VCU. He's got the record for the arms band in the NFL. So, I mean, it's you just throw it up there. He's going to come down with it. Uh, so, I'm with you. I do like Molly Cox. We need a streamer this uh, this week. He makes a lot of sense in this Colts offense. It seems to be firing on all cylinders, which helps when you have a quarterback with two uh, healthy ankles. They will, that's right. uh, they will. The Colts will be dangerous if they can catch up to the Titans mm-hmm. somehow. Yeah. Well, uh, they, I think they will now because the Titans just literally just lost Derrick Henry. Right. This is the Colts division to win. This it's a, yeah, it's funny to say that after losing to their rival, um, but still saying the Colts have a clear path. I mean, it, yep. if they if they can if they can keep the offense clicking the way it has been, and it's so interesting that it's it's almost like the old school Colts um, with Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison, you know, Reggie Wayne, and what Edron James. Yep. They didn't need much. Um, they, they had a very top heavy offense and they had a quarterback who could get the ball to the right two two best people that, that he could and a running game that was almost second to none. And, uh, and, and we're seeing a little, you know, some shades of that, not to compare Pittman with Marvin Harrison or Carson. We well, just compared Peyton Carson Wentz to Peyton Manning. I did. I, th- I think, and, and, you know, it's kind of going back to the half AJ green analogy. There's some fraction of Peyton Manning that uh, Carson Wentz is, but the point they is, wear the same uniform. This is, this is an impressive 
display. I did not think the Colts could catch on this quickly. When you when you look at where the Colts were, the last thing I'll say, when you look at where the Colts were two months ago, could anyone have imagined that Carson Wentz would be a real fantasy option yeah. in the middle of the season without T.Y. Hilton? I mean, I think that's a pretty mm-hmm. um, pretty surprising development. And Pittman has been one of the biggest steals uh, of fantasy drafts. Uh, and he was one of my four biggest undervalued players as my old readers on my old website uh, saw uh, Pittman was uh, a big time bargain because of his positioning as possibly the last guy standing as the number one on this on this roster. Thank you very much for being here, everybody. Thank you, Tommy Garrett. And uh, my name is BJ Rudell again. You can find us at profootballnetwork.com on the fantasy page and we will see you next time.